0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Wow, muting me. Unbelievable. Welcome to another edition of the Jamie Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett Conlon. I've got Jack Fitzpatrick with me for the somewhat rare busy spring podcast
1: a lot busier than i was expecting it to be i mean i was expecting us to come in talk a little bit about some midweek action talk about how uh it's a wednesday and it's a 5 p.m three notched beer here the emperor of clouds a fantastic choice if you find yourself in roanoke charlottesville harrisonburg virginia beach or richmond be sure to pick up uh some of your own i had queen of clouds the other day and that is absolutely delicious it's essentially king of clouds That is made with hibiscus flowers and adds a little bit of a fun pink note to it all. Uh, But yeah, it's a busy Wednesday, man. It's 5 p.m., and we've kind of been bombarded with a lot of reports from women's basketball. We'll get into what happened today, along with men's basketball, how things are shaping up uh, as Mark Byington gets ready to dive into the hashtag portal season. That is season spelled S Z N. Uh, But I thought we could just talk about like an off-season wish list for what was happening and spring practices tomorrow, but instead, we're talking about a lot more deeper things. Yeah, we didn't even
0: recap the women's basketball season ending, right? So I mean, we we're got to
1: do that today, but we're also got to break down. I a know lot more. it's
0: a, it's so much more than we expected. It's a busy one, one of the busiest podcasts we'll ever have in the spring. That isn't like the softball team making a historic run. <laughs> So, and I guess that was like border. I guess it wasn't technically summer, but it was close to summer. Felt like summer at that time.
1: Yeah. Uh, but before we get into all of that, just a reminder to everyone out there uh, that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your college basketball betting needs this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Online. Updated odds from everything, from live games to the conference championships. Those have already happened. Uh, Sweet sixteen, elite eight, final four, championship game. You can get it all on Bet Online. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season, and it will be your NBA playoff headquarters. It'll be your MLB opening day headquarters. Everything you ever could want is on BetOnline. So just head to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, a 50% welcome bonus. Put in $100 on your first time deposit when you sign up, get $50 free. So be sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your bonus. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: What a season. What a season.
1: I mean, it started. Could you, did you think we would be at this spot? I mean, heck, do you think they would have been at that spot? at halftime against Ohio State after that season-opening loss to Maine? No,
0: I mean, what a spot to be in where they kind of, I don't want to say limped through the non-conference because that's not really true, but they were not really playing great basketball until the end of December, and then they came on, won a competitive Sun Belt regular season, won the conference tournament without too much stress. They only had one game uh, that was single digits, the ODU game. The other two they won by – 19 plus they still beat old dominion by six in the conference tournament and then they gave ohio state a heck of a game i wasn't able to watch it live went back and watched some of it so i'll let you have most of the analysis here but just an overall really good season it's sort of what we want from the women's team right and even the men's team just make the tournament that's a huge achievement
1: yeah and they made the they made the tournament we were discounting jmu's chances Um 100 percent from the jump. We thought that Ohio State was gonna cover with ease their 18 and a half point favorites. Uh we were (laughs) They almost did though. Yeah, yeah, they did almost cover. Well we won't talk about that. But uh we thought they'd lose by twenty-five plus. I we were talking in our round table and we were like, they'll need like career performances from like everyone to have a shot. They had a 17 point outing from Kiki Jefferson. Uh, Hazel was having herself a fantastic game and was taking over there in the first quarter. And in the second quarter, a little bit was really the prime offensive uh, power for JMU in the second quarter where they only scored 11 points. JMU jumped out to a 26, 14 lead. They led at, uh, they led by 16. That was the most they led by at one point during that game. Then, then, The second they got up 16, it seemed like Ohio State flipped the switch. Uh, They continued their full court, but instead of doing like a full court press, it was more like a full court trap where every time a player had the ball, there was two Buckeyes on them. Uh, And Jamie just would put themselves in kind of bad situations. Like when you're playing against a defense like that, don't get into corners. And it seemed like every single time Jamie was kind of getting into corners. I believe only one 10-second violation but a lot of turnovers that originated in the backcourt. But overall, I mean, they led by 16 against Ohio State. They were only down four heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, The wheels kind of came off in the fourth quarter, getting outscored 26 to 16. But a really solid game, 17 points from Kiki Jefferson, 10 from Hazel. Jermon laid in with eight points. Um, McDaniel nine, Goodman with nine. Kozlova got into foul trouble um, and eventually fouled out. And that was kind of a big, big blow to the Dukes. She didn't play a lot of the second quarter. Um, When she wasn't, she only had 14 minutes. She went one for two, two for three from the charity stripe, had three rebounds. If she had more minutes, I don't know if JMU wins, but they sure keep it a lot closer. Uh, But overall, a fantastic game that I was not expecting out of the Dukes.
0: Yeah, Kozlo is important. Anna Goodman did some nice stuff offensively, but... Uh, Kozlova is a pretty important piece for them so that's tough with foul trouble there but overall like they played really well and then I watched a ton of Ohio State North Carolina in the next round the press trap thing is no joke like it, I think because it's not won- a full
1: court press it's a full court like trap
0: yeah it's it's like they're really trap heavy it's which I guess I don't I forget like exactly how VCU's Havoc worked but it's mm-hmm. It's one where they, they do a nice job where it's not just some teams run the press where they don't trap as heavily or at least as effectively. Yeah, um, they do a great job when they, they press. They've got everybody up and then they also sort of swarm the ball pretty consistently. And it's, it's not like just one, like you pass out of it, you're getting trapped again. So it's, it's a really good press that they run. And um, they ran it for like, I think it was like 13 possessions against North Carolina in the next round, which they ended up winning the game by two against a really good UNC team. And it was something where, like, North Carolina had 13 possessions and, like, seven of them were turnovers. Um, I don't know why they didn't run it more, to be honest with you, in that game because Carolina turned it over a ton. And then when they didn't, they were able to score a decent amount in that one. But it's, it's a really good Ohio State team. Ohio State and North Carolina were the two best teams Jamie played on the season. If I'm not mistaken, they led at halftime of both games. So, like, there's some really positive signs to take from that. I was excited how they played, I think wasn't like their best performance in the world, especially for the entire 40 minutes. But they looked good. They represented the Sun Belt well. They represented the program well. It was awesome. Like, it was a good way to end what I thought was a productive season, a nice bounce-back year for a program that had kind of had a couple, couple down years.
1: Yeah, really great finish to the season and uh, look forward to next year. Uh, but next year, there will be a notable absence in the lineup, as Kiki Jefferson announced today that she will be transferring. She has one more year of eligibility. She's going to use that COVID year uh, and transfer to another school. We wish her all the best. Uh, It honestly makes a lot of sense. She has WNBA aspirations. Um, Playing Marshall in December probably isn't going to boost your WNBA stock all that much. But uh, I just want to get your initial thoughts on this and kind of your first reaction to seeing this news, Bennett.
0: I think it made like right when I saw it, it made a ton of sense. I saw like the graphic, and I was like, "This seems like a transfer portal graphic." <laughs> what well, that she posted more than like uh because I think a lot of the media coverage was that she was going to either go to the WNBA or, or return time. to JMU. Yeah. And in hindsight, the transfer option seems by far to make the most sense. Like I think coming to J- coming back to JMU obviously would have been cool, and she still could have had a professional career and all that stuff. But if you want to play in the WNBA. Playing against power conference teams, which is what you'll likely do next year for, like, every game is really valuable in terms of preparing yourself to play professionally. But then also just being in front of scouts where it's like, hey, here's 30 games of film instead of, like, four that I can use to to look at and see how you stand out against other players. It's also one where, like, seems like maybe it could be a more fun basketball experience i don't mean that offensively like i think JMU had a great year i think jamie was a great women's basketball fan base but like some of these power schools man crazy fan bases and a legitimate chance to go like sweet 16 or farther like a chance to actually contend for a national title where jmu probably even with kiki jefferson back is like dreaming of the sweet 16 whereas th- some of the schools she can go to are like if we don't make the sweet 16 this was a colossal failure so that's another one. And then I guess the third in this one is sort of probably to be unknown, but like NIL opportunities, Jamie simply doesn't have any. And if she goes to a power basketball program, she might be able to make a, I don't know exactly what she would make, but maybe thousands of dollars playing.
1: Yeah. Two points to go off of what you just said as well. I don't know if you mentioned the family aspect of it. Um, I think the family aspect plays a huge portion in that. We were texting with our friend, Brian about potential landing spots. Um, and if family's a part of it, plus the NIL, I could see Maryland, uh, Villanova, a Philly school, another Philly school, uh, or one around that general vicinity to get closer to the family from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, so would not be surprised if that's also kind of a reason for it. Um, but also just on the fact of NIL, it kind of bums me out that JMU doesn't have a bigger NIL collective or like a bigger NIL presence. They have, to me, um, as, as people that are in the Harrisonburg community in terms of sponsorship, shout out Three Notch, um, they were so eager to like work with us, um, and that is a small sample, but it, it seems that there's businesses and notable alumni and people around the Harrisonburg community that want to give back and want to um, – you know, be a part of this athletic program, especially as they're into the Sun Belt and they continue to grow and become a national presence. And it just seems like JMU not fully uh, capitalizing on that. I know the NIL is a kind of a, a different beast and there's a lot of different rules with it and it's still the Wild West. So there's very much red tape around it and things of that sort. But it just seems that JMU not fully leaning into the Harrisonburg community and the potentials that NIL bring.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see, like, what, you know, (laughs) what kind of money would you need to convince, like, your best women's basketball player to not transfer? Because I have no idea. Like, I just don't know what that would mean. And then who, like, is it a collective that's formed by, like, an Arthur Motes or, like, that's, I was just throwing out a name. But is it, like, a former athlete? Yeah, I mean, Motes just came to my head because he had the, like, strength center donation or whatever, but. Errol yeah, Watford's another one that, that is obviously still pays attention to what happens with the athletic program, especially the football team. It would be interesting to see if somebody did form a collective and wanted to like help facilitate sponsorship stuff. And then also like the, <laughs> right, which everyone actually does, which is the essentially an under the table pay for play yeah. type thing. But it's, it's one that I like, I don't know what it would cost or how valuable it would be. Like if you're, if you're three notch, what does it mean to keep someone, in town or what would it mean to have a player yeah advertising or whatever would that even make sense for you with like a college student and, and obviously three hours was is the example because
1: we're no really i but but, but but even with like all of the like automotive dealerships around you saw right. what i think it was bob myers when odyssey came back and was no <laughs> yeah. longer a student but mm-hmm. like jumped on that to use her as like here's a i, I think she got a car but i don't know if it, she like had a discounted i don't know what the whole right. deal behind that was but like you you driving on Harrisonburg, you listen to Q101 and you hear Bob Obama with Obama for Toyota and Ford down to Stanton underneath the giant American flag. Like always talks about being like a JMU alum, if I'm not mistaken. So Mm -hmm. like you could tap into him. I don't know.
0: It's also an interesting one where it's like, what is it worth? Like, I know it's interesting because they're having so much success across sports. JMU is without any NIL that, that there's that like sort of, Back channel, I guess it's interesting, or not back channel, but sort of the arc, counter argument yeah. Um, that I think would be that's interesting, right? Where it's like Antoine Wells left and Tucker Dorsey left. It was like, wow, this is going to hurt. And it's like, well, it, it really didn't hurt. Like, they're still so good. Like, I don't know that they would have been better than eight and three if they had Wells, like, taking some of Thornton's catches. You know what I mean?
1: That and also, like, they're still bringing in pretty, like, high-end transfers, at least on the football side. And we'll see what happens yeah. with basketball this year. Um, yeah. And they brought in Kozlova as a transfer. And I know the NIL right. world is not as opened up on the women's basketball side just yet. Right. But you still brought in German and Kozlova and Kobe king hawea like three really solid transfers um, without this NIL. And maybe this is me just kind of thinking about like keeping Kiki, keeping Antoine Wells, keeping Tucker Dorsey. Like if an NIL collective was in place, would that have been plausible? Uh, and we really don't know. Yeah, Kiki Jefferson will leave, so JMU next year has the core of Kobe King-Hawaya, Peyton McDaniel, Kozlova, um, Hazel, yeah. and Odekirk, Goodman. Odekirk. we'll see if
0: if Neff comes back. She played a decent amount before the end of the year. So. Yeah.
1: Got three they minutes got a good group. Game. They have a good, which is why I think if Kiki had come back, and this is not sh- shading Kiki at all, go and get your bag, go and do what you have to do for yourself. I think this was the only time I've ever seen a transfer. You mentioned this get like universally loved for transferring. Normally there's at least like one bonehead that's like complaining and like calling the student a traitor, but she was universally loved and rightfully so do what you need to do. Thank you for four years. One of the best to put on a JMU basketball Jersey ever men's women's, no matter what, one of the best. Um, but if she had come back next year, I think this is a team that has, you said dreaming of sweet 16. I think it would be sweet 16 or bust almost if Kiki had come back with this core.
0: Women's basketball is just so hard to actually win.
1: That's so true. Since a yeah. mid major in the tournament. like
0: it's crazy to look at like the men's side. It's like, oh yes, Princeton, a 15 season, <laughs> the sweet 16, like, and then like fairly Dickinson wins. It's like kind of cool, but it's <laughs> maybe not even appreciated as much as it should be. Cause it's like, yeah, 16 seeds, 15 seeds. They win now. It's- that's the world yeah, we live cool. in. And you have like women's basketball. It's like JMU plays out of its mind as a 14, plays really well, competes hard. And it's like pretty good. They lost by 14. Like it's just, it's wild to like disparity and, and upsets and stuff like that. But yeah, it's one where if Kiki Jefferson comes back, they're definitely looking to be, looking to be the best bid major in the country next year. And uh, they can still sort of compete in that realm with some of the players they have. And we'll see what they do in the portal. Um But it's, yeah, it's tough from an on-court and fan perspective because she's a great player, but she also just seems like a, an infectious personality and like a really good person. Like Coach O was talking that I guess she would show up to like his daughter's basketball games, like with, unprompted. She'd just be like, oh, she got a game? Like, oh yeah, I'm there. Like she would just show up and go. And it's like, oh, that's a very cool person yeah. to represent. Jamie was sort of lose her personality and her play is obviously challenging for fans, but I think everyone's still – amped for her, like, go get a bag, right? <laughs> Become a yeah. WNBA player. And if, if they uh, if they ask about where he went to college, give the Dukes a shout-out or whatever.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think Kiki Jefferson, probably the best chance to have a long WNBA career out of a lot of the players we've seen come through Harrisonburg in the last few years. Um, that leads us into off-season wish lists. We'll start with women's basketball. We'll head into men's. Um, I think with the Kiki news today, that kind of makes the wish list – Pretty pretty short. Um, Before the Kiki news, it was probably nothing, Uh, but now with the Kiki news, it's probably a a solid four, a solid forward.
0: Yeah, and they could still probably use a like a veteran point guard might help. So I guess they have, I want to say they have two scholarships open now. Three. They have a freshman commit though. Oh, I think it's I think they're bringing in a freshman like point guard. And then they're losing Germond and Jefferson. So I think it gives them those replacements, is, I think. Was there not so another
1: I, senior? No. I thought more than Germond was recognized on senior day. I think it was just Kiki and
0: Kiki was recognized. Okay. So uh, I guess we should have sort of seen the uh, writing on the wall there. <laughs> 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 Multiple like very emotional goodbyes with Coach O, like the Ohio State loss senior <laughs> day. Makes a lot of sense that she probably knew because it I know there's some people that are like, oh, we don't know if she has her mind made up. Pretty quick announcement from like end of season two
1: to yeah. entering the portal. So I think well and probably- according to Shane Metlin, and we've read this tweet very differently, but it seems like it was kind of known that like you did your four years, if you want to go and pursue other I don't, was like, I don't think that was to her though. I'm going to pull this up because I, while you keep talking about the wish list, I have to read this tweet because we read this so differently, and I'm just not sure yes, how we, we were so different in our interpretations of this tweet.
0: <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I think for them, like if they can get like a star, starting caliber player in the portal, go for it. They're going to be good next year, even without Kiki. But if you can add, like, a player who could be a big-time contributor, I think that takes you from, really, at any position, that takes you from, like, we think we can win the Sun Belt to, like, hey, maybe we can win an NCAA tournament game. So that would sort of be my my desire. Because they have a lot of talented freshmen. I don't think they need to bring in, like, another young player. Like, I think they should just be looking for veteran contributors in the portal and sort of see how that'll that'll work out for them. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to be good next year regardless. It's just... A matter of how good.
1: Now reading it for a fourth time, I'm I'm now re completely evaluating how I'm reading the Shane Metlin tweet. But reply okay. Kiki Jefferson is how he starts it. JMU has told graduating. I think that players... means
0: um, regarding.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Sorry, I missed it. Regarding. No, I I just wanted you to use your. Accent. Oh, my voice again. Yeah. Regarding. Thank you. Uh, JMU has told graduating players, so this isn't just basketball. This makes it seem like it's everything. uh, With a year of eligibility left, quote, hey, this is probably not an exact quote. (laughs) This is Signetti. He's sitting down in his Lazy Boy. He calls him. (laughs) Imagine Signetti with his gin and tonic, uh, sipping, enjoying, and goes, hey, this is a four-year deal, and I know you could play one more, but it's time to move on. I read that as you kind of saying, like, bye. Not necessarily to Kiki, but, like, to all four I think years. they've done
0: that. I bet coaches, like, for sure, coaches have done that in the past and also not after four years. Like, you look at some of the JMU basketball freshmen last year who, like, went on. I think Byington was probably like, I don't know if you're going to play much. And they were like, got it and transferred. So <laughs> I, I bet coach. I think Signetti probably does that too where it's like, I mean, you said stuff in the open about players that isn't that nice sometimes. So I'm sure behind closed doors, there are very honest conversations of like, you're not going to play here. (laughs) Yeah, It's not going to work out. But I I think for Kiki, it was probably like, it would be incredible if she came back. But I think there was
1: an understanding that she's a a level above at this point with her play. Yeah. Uh, Anything else on that wish list?
0: No, just any contributors would be good. But honestly, though, if, if they do nothing, like, I wouldn't even be that mad. Like, if they just, yeah. like, hey, Peyton McDaniel and Kozlova and, like, the rest of the gang, let's go and see what it's like. Like, fine.
1: I agree. Because Hazel has a little bit of experience running that, like, true point because she yeah. did that a year ago. I wouldn't be mad if they just put her back there, a little bit more experience. I think she'd be a really good point guard. Um, men's basketball on the other side, uh, their season finished in the Sunbelt semis against South Alabama. Uh uh, I'll, I'll start with this wish list, and I think you know where I'm going with this. I think if you listen to the JMU Sports News podcast, you know exactly where I'm going with what I want on my men's basketball offseason wish list in the transfer portal. Give me a big man. I know we're high on Jarrell Roberson. That's cool, but I, I, I don't want a sophomore with 10 career minutes being our primary five. Like, it's cool he's 6'10, but like, Let's go out and maybe get like – see what Tyler Nichol has to offer. There's got to be – you can't look me in the eye and tell me that Oral Roberts, which I know is the Liberty of Oklahoma, um, can go out and get a seven five kid. He may be like ultra-religious, and that's why he chose to go to Oral Roberts, um, who we can go down a whole list. Of. I didn't realize how bad Oral Roberts was until this March Madness. Um, but you can't tell me a seven five kid is going to go there. And, like, JMU can't get a guy over 6'8". Yeah, it's it's
0: going to be an interesting portal season. So I, Shane Metlin did a really nice job with this, like, quick sit-down with, with Byington where he got, like, a lot of roster insights, which I think – I, w- I want to say Coach O. They're going to do the same in the women's, and Coach O said he gave everyone two weeks to, like, decide their futures. Um, but anyway, um, two players are in the portal. Terrell Strickland, who it appears is very much going to LIU based on this report from Shane, uh, to play for his father. which Makes makes sense. sense. Uh, And then Tyree Ianacho was looking for a program closer to home in Minnesota for personal reasons. So he is in the portal. If he doesn't find one, which seems like it would be hard to not find any school between Virginia and Minnesota that would take him as like a freshman of the year in the Summit League or whatever and like an athletic 6'4 point guard. So (laughs) I think – my guess would be that he'll find somewhere that's, like, at least a little bit closer. Maybe it's near, like, a major airport or something, right? If he wants to go into Minnesota. Anyway, so I would guess those two are leaving, which leaves him with some questions at guard. But then here's the stuff that I wanted to read to you that I think will be interesting.
1: No, no. Byington
0: has said, Jamie, you were searching the portal for a combo guard in no. a wing. <laughs> no,
1: just a big man. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go well, ahead. They have a lot of
0: spots in a wing player with size and or length, which would be sweet if it's ore where it's like they're tall with no length or they're lengthy, but like short, like a six foot wing with length. (laughs) So it would probably be and. And then a shot blocking big man could also be on the wish list. But the Dukes think six foot nine rising sophomore Jarrell Roberson might give Jamie that as soon as
1: next season. See, you know what I don't like in that sentence? As soon as that means they're not 100 certain. That means he could be fantastic big uh, of shot blocking big man in three years when he's a senior. Not as so- like as soon as throws me off. As soon as next year, I could be dating Kate Upton. Like, what, what does that mean? Like, that's so stupid. Just get a big man in the portal. There's plenty of them out there. I think there's like 2,000 kids in the transfer portal right now. Go and get a big man. I don't care if it's Joel Mensa again. Put someone who can clog the lane in there. Goodness gracious. We don't need a combo guard. Uh, sorry. Although I do think his— No, don't defend it. Well, that was, that was
0: Shane's paragraph. So I think the <laughs> quote from Byington maybe gives a little more context that they could do that. He says, if you've only got one scholarship, you're always real picky on that last one, which I love when he says stuff like that, where it's like, if he has like five scholarships, he's just like throwing them out. Like, I'll take anybody. (laughs) But if it's one, he's like, let's get a good player. Anyway, and then he continues. But right now we know we need some things that are going to help us. Okay. One of the things we're not just looking for points per game. We're trying to look at it through a different lens. Can he contribute to winning?
1: (laughs) That's the Pause stupidest quote I've ever Pause heard. Pause for a
0: second. Well, that should have always. Been <laughs> <a considering. laughs> I'm sorry. Was
1: he out there going like Ah, 20 points per game or nothing? Or not Unless he just <laughs> makes sense why Morrison to call or just bucket getters.
0: Okay, and then he goes back back to his quote. Can he be a good defensive player? The offense is a plus sometimes. So it does sound like based on that quote, he realizes they could. Pro- I mean, literally, if you look at like Ken Palm the only area defensively where they were not good was like shot blocking and two-point defense. Like If you're basing it on that, when you're like, oh, our defense needs to get better, the one place you would look would be like defensive shot blocking length. So like that gives me a little hope that maybe if he's looking defense, he goes and gets a shot block.
1: Yeah, and it's worth noting that of the players who played significant minutes a year ago that were big men, Mezzi Offerham and Alonzo Soule. Both have graduated. Mm-hmm. The
0: right. only big
1: man who got significant minutes from a year ago was Julian Wooden, who plays more consistently on the outside perimeter than right. he does play in the paint, um, which he's a fantastic stretch for, but, like, you need a five.
0: And I think and, that's what's – yeah, go
1: ahead. But uh, like, And you don't – I'm not necessarily over here, like, pounding my chest for, like, a 7-2 big man. I just want, like, a 6-9 guy with, like, some – Girth, maybe like, I don't know, Dwight Wilson would be fantastic on this team. Um, Or like a 6'10 guy who is athletic, which I know like he's probably going power, but if you're 6'10 and athletic, you're not finding your way to Harrisonburg, Virginia. But like, I'm not saying get a 7'2 shooter. Just get a big man. You didn't have one last year. You didn't have a true big man last year. And it cost you the game against South Alabama. Would have been huge.
0: So they've got... If Iannaccio comes back, which I, I don't read as like likely, it sounds like he wants to get closer to home, um, and he's good enough to find a place that's closer to Minnesota. That would give him four scholarships to work with. Um, they're bringing in, what is it, Vernon Carey, who's Jalen's brother, who's got girth, I believe. I believe he's like a 6'7", 260 forward. So you're, you're adding a little girth, but again, it's a true freshman. And then they have a combo guard, kind of point guardy, shooting guardy, combo guardy, um something his last name's Archie, I believe. Ezra. Um Ezra. <laughs> Tyshawn Archie. So they've got him and Carrie. Um, so they they've got that coming in. But yeah, they have some some uh, some openings, I feel like, at that sort of that center position, which they've had an opening for <laughs> three seasons
1: just just get a center man that's all i want
0: it would be helpful and they don't they don't need a ton of scoring because they do have wooden and they've got terrence edwards and friedell like there's some guys there who can score you imagine um or sorry vernon Carey's is the the like nba player oh, it's J- it's Jalen Carey is the um okay is the guy that Jamie Vernon Carey would be huge if Jamie can get a twenty-two-year-old <laughs> professional basketball player. <laughs> That'd be you massive. You said that name, and I
1: was like, why do I know a recruit's name like so well?
0: Yeah, Jalen Carey is the got that mixed up. Is the uh, the younger brother of Vernon. Okay. So he's he's got some size to him though. If I'm not mistaken, he he does have real size. I Believe he's six seven in that two yeah six seven two hundred and sixty pound center. So I like that. Yeah, but go get go get some some other
1: another. guys. I just I just want another. That's all.
0: Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to monitor for sure because the portal is active. They're going to have some opportunities to go get some some key contributors.
1: Also, shout out to Jeff Goodman who, during the middle of March Madness, is like, "It's not fair that these good teams are behind <laughs> the eight ball in terms of the transfer portal." And it's like, Jeff, that's quite literally the point. That's that's literally the point.
0: It's also so silly because it's like like Purdue already got upset, like they're already on the portal. You know what I mean? Like it's Princeton. Princeton's getting the short end of the stick here. They <laughs> can go dig around the portal for some guys.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. So that will bring us to we have two topics we can go to next. Uh, we can stay kind of in the offseason vibe and then dive into spring sports or we can dabble in spring sports and then finish with another offseason vibe. I'm gonna let you pick choose your own adventure.
0: I think we have two basketball questions. Oh, perfect. First. Well, I'll give our, our friend, Way, who we met at a basketball game, a quick shout out. He had a sort of a question, but first he had a reply that was <laughs> held it together after Kiki's transferring for, to post a go be great. And then it's like him just like crying after it's like a Patrick Starr <laughs> meme, which I thought was pretty funny because that is sort of the, the immediate Kiki reaction is like, I wish her well. And then I was like, oh, that sucks that she's not, not here anymore. So that made me laugh. And he talked about uh, looking for some perspectives of post Kiki looking women's basketball, which I think we kind of hit on. It's the Peyton McDaniel Kozlova show. Uh, but the other question from certified flex offender is um, <laughs> <laughs> how big of a role will Roberson
1: have next year?
0: And I want to just throw that to you. How big of a role will I draw Roberson have next year?
1: Well, he could have a huge role as soon as next year. Um That's tough because, I mean, it it really is contingent on what they do in the portal, right? Like if they do add a big man, I think he'll have minutes. I don't think he'll be a big minute getter. Um, But if they don't add like a good big man, they add like, I don't know, a Joel Mensah, who's now taken two strays during this podcast. I apologize to him. Um, But if you add some guy like that, I think Roberson could play a big, big role in next year. I think there's a lot of factors. What is his growth from freshman to sophomore? What is done around him in terms of roster management? With that being said, me having to guess what his role will be next year, I think he'll be like the seventh man off the bench and get a solid double-digit minutes a game, probably around 15 minutes per game, um, and be a solid contributor, average a few points, average a few rebounds, and be a good backup big man
0: yeah he's he's a like a talented player uh but he didn't score didn't score more than more than five points in a game outside of the valley forge game where he had a (laughs) double double in three blocks all four of his blocks this year came against non-d1 teams which is crazy that we played so many non-d1 teams in separate games (laughs) but um he's he's talented it's just a lot to be like oh hey we need shop blocking in a post presence. Remember how you like didn't play last year. I need you to give me like 30 minutes. So I, I would hope they would give him some help at the very least. I think he'll contribute more and like be in the rotation, but at the same time, it would be cool if he didn't have to be like the star. So he could just continue
1: developing and yeah. like get used to a key role. Right. Yeah.
0: And those are our questions.
1: So that will take us to continue with the off season talk. And then we'll go into spring. Switching gears to JMU football, spring practice is tomorrow. A lot of questions – spring practice, excuse me, starts tomorrow. Spring game is a few weeks away. Um, Excited to learn a couple things. Who's the quarterback going to be? I think we all kind of know. It's going to be Jordan McLeod. But uh, still a little bit of question marks. I hope we don't have a full offseason of the media – buying the fake story of Cign- that Signetti is going to feed them, um, that it's an open competition, and that there's four guys that can be the starter come week one. Uh, we know that's not true. But we're going to – You okay? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> we know that's not true. I wrote a quick little thing up for uh, jamiesportsnews.com. I I created a transfer portal tracker for basketball, men's and women's, because I think that'll be just an easy way to remember stuff for myself and fans. But then I also did like three questions for spring ball. And the question was basically like, does anyone even push McLeod? It's like, I I agree that it's like not a, a battle. Like right now he's the starting quarterback because he has experience playing starting quarterback in college football. And JMU is like a fringe top 25 team. And they're not rolling out a freshman unless like something went wrong with McLeod. So I hope that the story, yeah, I hope it's covered in a way that like either the youngsters are playing out of their minds in spring ball, or like something's something wonky is going on in the quarterback room because the way they set it up, it's pretty clear that McLeod is the significant favorite, right?
1: So here's <laughs> here's the 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 roster of quarterbacks: Jordan McLeod, transfer from Arizona. Came from Arizona, from South Florida, where he got a few starts in the American. He was pretty good, yeah. Brett Griffiths, a redshirt freshman transfer from Wake Forest. Only guy I see on this roster that could maybe give McLeod a run for their money. What about Barnett? Then we got Billy Atkins. We all experienced the Billy Atkins experience a year ago. I wish him nothing but the best. If he transfers, I hope he finds a good landing spot. If he stays at James Madison, I hope he just continues to hold a clipboard. Alonzo Barnett, (laughs) maybe, maybe, but let it be known that Barnett never saw action a year ago. So I don't know how good he is. Blake Kendall, um, okay. Uh, But it's really going to be the Jordan McLeod show. We'll see who can give him a run. Um, but you know, Signetti is going to say this is a four-man race between McLeod, Griffiths, Atkins, and Barnett. Like that is going to be the storyline. He force feeds the say local media for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, spring practice will give us a glimpse of who's actually the true front runner. We all expect it to be McLeod. What's another question you're looking to get answered in January? <laughs> <laughs> let, let me stop for a second. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. I think that Atkins is like a wild card to me.
0: Because I no, kind of thought yeah, if I, I he, ever
1: see him not holding a clipboard, I'm going to lose my mind.
0: I don't I think it's interesting that he's still here. That's like, very I think true. to me that's fascinating. Cause I thought for sure he was gonna leave. I thought he was gonna like be sort of sulking into it. It shows me a little resolve in an impressive way that he's like, no, I like want to stick it out. So I'm interested to see if he can compete. I think it's gonna be more of a competition for the backup. And I would not be shocked though it'd be cool if he was like actually in that mix and he like won the backup job. Cause I I, I think he's better than the way he played last season. I think his confidence probably took a big hit, but I I don't, I'm not in the same boat where I think he's like clipboard bound. I think like maybe he ends up transferring, but to me, him still being here shows like, Oh, he's got at least some self-belief that he can make it happen. So I'm interested to see how he competes during the spring for maybe the backup spot. Cause he, he looked like he could have been good, Going into last year, I was super amped when he had the start against Marshall. Struggled against a great defense. Like, really struggled. And yeah. then he played against ODU and, like, immediately threw a pick. Like, it was rough scenes.
1: Played against South Alabama, right? The game we were at. And threw a pick.
0: Georgia. No, that was the ODU game. That was the
1: ODU game. Did he not get any action against Georgia State?
0: He definitely. He came in, but did I think he did play. But he didn't threw a pick. Throw a pick. No, he didn't. I think he did. <laughs> he didn't. Okay. Did, you, no, you, did he actually play in that game? Let's let's confirm this. Let me look that up. I'm starting to feel like he did for like a second, but I think he. I think, think, he, I I think, think Todd started.
1: got banged up at the end of the game, at the end of the first half. There's no way he threw a pick. I think Atkins came in and threw a pick. Now he didn't and throw a pass. He fumbled. He did something bad. <laughs> There's no way. I don't think he
0: fumbled. I'm not seeing a fumble for him.
1: Are you in the box score right now?
0: Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. I don't know if he played, did he? Did he play? I didn't think he played.
1: I thought he played.
0: This is great podcasting. I was just going back for a while. He got banged up in the ODU game. Yeah. And or no, Senteo did. Atkins came in and like immediately completed a nice pass. Or he had a run where he like looked like he was gonna be sacked and ran around, and then like the next play threw like a horrible interception.
1: Yeah, I remember I also had in my mind he did the exact same thing against Georgia State, but okay. I don't think he played after that. He, he I think did. they just kept rolling with uh banged
0: up. And they put in, I think against Coastal, he lost the backup job and Barnett came in at the end of that blowout win. So that's why I'm just so fascinated that like on paper it seems like he should be the four string guy. But he's still he's still there competing, which I think is cool. So I'm I'm just interested to see if he can bounce back. And what happens with the quarterback spot? Uh-huh. But not as much as like um, I feel like McLeod's the starter. So I, I do hope we get a little more detailed coverage that isn't like they're battling for it. Unless that's true, but it, it seems like that would be a lie based on previous Cincinnati battles.
1: Yeah. Uh, anything else you're looking forward to kind of seeing in spring practice? I was looking up some of the special team stats. They kind
0: of stunk last year, special teams wise. ESPN had kind them of, like 100. 100s- yeah. 116th out of 131st uh, in efficiency they had what the Georgia Southern loss a really untimely blocked punt not going to see as much at spring ball but like I want to see a little more uh at a kick return I'd like to see like a kick return touchdown this year right some some big Surratt I thought did or Surratt did a nice job with punt returns so I'd like to see some more dynamic special teams plays and then also what do we get from Camden Wise, who's better at the end of the year, but still has like some distance or did have some distance concerns? Is he hitting longer field goals? So, like that's interesting. And then I don't know about you defensively, but defensively, I've had fewer questions because they return a lot of people. But
1: yeah, they return a lot of people. They haven't had a lot of guys hit the transfer portal yet. Uku's coming back for his 18th year yeah. uh, with the Dukes. And the secondary that we were kind of upset at for a lot of last year. Uh, or at least I was upset a, a lot of last year and had a lot of questions because they were so young. They are now staying together for a full year. And so we assume there will be a solid step forward from that secondary, specifically the emergence of Chauncey Logan from what we saw a year ago it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we've seen a kick return touchdown since D'Angelo Amos did it in 2019. Yeah,
0: I have no idea. But it's it'd be, it'd right be nice down. to nice to see one. And then receiver and tight end, they got a gazillion transfers. So we'll see how that, that shakes out. I feel like receivers, like they're like first four guys or are... I guess Reggie Brown comes back and will probably have a big role. But other than that, it seems like it's pretty, uh, pretty wide open with transfers competing
1: for spots. My take with the receivers is I think they'll only be as good as the quarterback. So like if McLeod is good, like Thornton was great and him and Santeo had an awesome connection. But at the same time, like if Santeo wasn't good, Chris Thornton would not have had a good year. And so like the receivers, there are a lot of question marks around that entire group, but we know Signetti wants to be a run first type of team. And if McLeod can't get them the ball, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing some of those guys. Although it appears what well, it is true. Maxwell James was really high on Maxwell James. He's he's transferring. I caught kind a of touchdown last year's spring game. I was like, wow. He's four. Wow. And now he uh he's leaving. But they got some some interesting guys. Surratt's brother, Josh Surratt's brother, Elijah, 6'2, 210, good size at receiver, had a really good year in the FCS last year. Phoenix rolls from North Dakota State. Could he Who's find the loser
1: now, bison?
0: Yeah, exactly. He might have scored a big touchdown against us or whatever, but we got him in the poodle a few years later. <laughs> Take that, sucker. So we'll see what happens there. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about how spring ball goes because I'm way too excited about this season. I think they're going to be, like, electric.
1: I mean, they're going to be, like, top, I don't know, three? Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't make a playoff. Here's the thing, there. though, I want to, like, say now. Yeah. JMU's not a, a lock for a bowl, not because of talent. They still don't have that waiver. Yeah. that's. I was thinking about that today. Uh, we're <laughs> like <using a> waiver. <laughs> like we've all been like, ah, it's only going to be a year. They'll get the waiver. Like we're still not. I also have no idea how this like waiver works. Um, Because all I've heard about this waiver is that Bourne's going to get a waiver for James. Oh, he's got it. Yeah. And like, if he wanted to get it last year, he could have gotten it last year. Um as they were competing for a Sun Belt, like regular season championship, that would have gotten them into a pretty solid bowl. But that's besides the point. We
0: couldn't have gotten it last year. No, 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 no. This was always a one-year deal. We we're <laughs> like always it... going to get it now. But like but, yeah, we haven't it's, gotten it's... it. So I'm I, very. About, I also haven't seen an update of like when might we hear back about the waiver. <laughs> I would. I would like the waiver sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: Okay. That, that's something to monitor. If uh, that is the monitor, where the, is this waiver? If we don't get this waiver soon, just start blowing up Shane Metlin and Noah's. Uh, yeah. Where's <laughs> the waiver? Where's the <laughs> waiver? Tell us where the waiver is. Um, moving from offseason to teams that are in their season, quickly wrapping things up. Lacrosse can't stop winning. Number five in the latest polls. They just took down Florida to open up the American Athletic Conference play. And uh, is it national championship or bust for this team? Looking to win a natty. They're playing UVA right now as we speak.
0: Um, it was 1-0 after a quarter, which is sick because they're so good defensively. It's They're actually, okay, they're down 3-2 at halftime. Potential jinx here from us. But they're they're Excuse in the mix me. in that Freak. one. Virginia's a top 15 team. If you lose it, you lose it. I think they're, yeah, I think they're definitely sort of in that final four national title contending region. Their defense is, is exceptional and only loss as of this point is to North Carolina. If they lose to UVA, that's Not a bad one either. So they're – yeah, they'll be in the mix.
1: God, they're fun. They are fun. Um, Moving across Diamond Dukes, softball, I believe I just saw KK Mathis. I hit a grand slam to give the Dukes the lead over Mason, which is awesome. She is going to be a star, if not already a star. Uh, Softball continues to win. Uh, I think they have seven losses this season, won their opening series against – uh coastal Mm -hmm. so solid stuff from them baseball not the same though
0: yeah baseball's a little bit interesting softball they're now 16 and 7 they got another one with mason today a little double header action but yeah they started some belt strong they're you know they're playing well baseball i have my my concerns about the baseball team i won't lie to you
1: i have killing it
0: in the midweeks killing it in the midweeks definitely worth noting that midweeks are easier
1: someone did Ask us on Twitter. Why mm-hmm. does you have such a good record in the midweeks and not on the series? Um, it's worth noting that in midweeks, you, they're one very weird. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Like you see upsets all the time in midweeks. Like the number one team who hasn't lost a game all season would like lose a random team, lose to a random team. Um, that's just the nature of midweeks. It's a one-off game travel, is a big thing because you're just going up, coming back. And then on top of that, normally the pitcher you're facing is like a bullpen arm that may go two or three innings, and you'll probably see more than four pitchers in a game. Um, They're just weird games, and it's kind of weird that JMU is undefeated in them.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit wonky, and I think they probably benefited from maybe not playing the toughest midweek schedule or like later in the year they have uva and virginia tech as some of the midweeks so like and maryland so like that's gonna be a little bit harder for our boys and also but, vcu
1: um, was thought of to be a good team but it turns out they're not yeah
0: so that that certainly helps a little bit um but i don't know it's just i think the issue with with this team is they sort of fail to like take advantage of momentum ever yeah right where it's like oh sweet they got you know Some nice midweek wins. And then it's they've lost four of the five weekend series. Like the UMass Lowell, one hurts. South Carolina Upstate, I think they lost both of them on walk-offs, the two losses in that three-game series. Like that's one they could have had. Coastal, they got one win against Coastal, which I think was positive. But they also lost a competitive Sunday game and got absolutely smoked in the Friday opener, 16-3. (laughs) to It's like, oh, my God, that's not great. And now they've got the two worst teams in the Sun Belt coming up, Arkansas State and South Alabama, per the RPI. Let's go, you know, take advantage of those, win some games, because it's it's going to get harder when you go to Southern Miss and play Louisiana and some of these teams. Like, it's over Dominion. And... Yeah, it's going to get harder. I think our thing is right now, you look at where their RPI is, they're toward the bottom of the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt's looking at getting five bits to the NCAA tournament. At a certain point, we talk about men's and women's basketball; like their only path to the tournament is winning the conference tournament. Baseball and softball, not the case. Like they're going to be at-large bids from those leagues. You got to put yourself in the mix, right? You got to be top five in the Sun Belt if you're a baseball team, and right now they're not one of the five best teams in the Sun Belt. So that's what frustrates
1: us. And they can be. We won't get on this whole. We, we're at fifty minutes. There's no reason to get on the whole soapbox of like they can be. A top team. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save that for later.
0: No, uh, but they softball, they're also probably outside the NCAA tournament picture. But I think at last check, there were eight Sunbelt teams in the top 100 of the RPI. JMU is not one of them. But it's it's sort of a nice thing where it's like, hey, these leagues are competitive. If you win some conference games, you can improve your standing in the RPI. So I'm fascinated by that. I'm thrilled by that. I think the long-term future for both those teams is is great and should make for more exciting springs than we're used to.
1: Yes, for sure. So that's our diamond Dukes update. Anything else you want to add? Ben?
0: Shout out to Charlotte baseball. What they accomplished <laughs> yesterday was something special. I wanted to give you a shout out. I know that you played a, a role in the win, right?
1: You know, they did put me into pinch hit in the bottom of the 10th, uh, after both teams had gone into locker rooms and showered. And I was just honored to be able to do such a thing for the nine across the chest. Um, no massive win for the 49ers in case anyone was caring about how Charlotte's doing in the baseball world. Uh, three and seven start to the month of March. Now four and seven with a win over the number four slash 11 slash 14 slash two team in the nation because college baseball <laughs> doesn't really have like one end all be all ranking like basketball has with the AP top 25 and football has with the top 25. You have like. D1 Baseball, Baseball America, Perfect Game, Collegiate Baseball, the RPI, the Coaches Poll, um, and none of them are ever the same. So, But big win, big win nonetheless. Big Highest- win
0: for them. And uh, they got DBU coming to town. This is a Dallas Baptist program that I once covered over a, a weekend when they played Virginia in a
1: Super Regional they're no joke. That's a
0: program that takes baseball very
1: seriously. I think like that baseball's like their biggest sport, if I'm not mistaken. Like Yeah, they love it. Um, and another Charlotte News to our main man Dom in the CBI second half. It's currently up forty-five thirty-one. This guy about to get himself a CBI title. <laughs> All but, right. um, if you've listened this long, you deserve
0: this. You played a big role in this, and you deserve, you know. <laughs> you he deserves the world,
1: man. Hang the banner! Hang the banner! Hang the banner! My God, a CBI title. Massive. Wow. Massive stuff for the 49ers. The pack line works.
0: Pack line does work. Yeah, all this Tony Bennett talk. Really? Tony Bennett can't win in March? His assistant just won the CBI. I might tweet that. That's
1: a good <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bennett Conlin, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya.